Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 3, Episode 12, Sisters Special Delivery. This episode I hadn't seen in years, since it first aired, and all I remembered about it was the birth being silent. But in this episode, there is a lot. We get an unexpected glimpse into the dynamics of the family and the hierarchy and the dynamics among the wives. And it's also very interesting when we get to Christine and what she says about having a favorite wife, considering a main reason Christine left the family was that Cody picked a favorite wife and she felt she mattered less than Robin to Cody. So what Christine says this episode about a favorite wife in a polygamist family really hits home. We also get more insight into Cody kissing Robin during Truly's birth when Christine was left alone in the hospital. Cody wants to justify it. He wants to explain it away, probably because viewers called him out for being tacky and classless and disrespectful to his laboring wife, Christine. Now, as we recall, when Christine's water had just broke and she was in the hospital alone, Cody went to Robin's house and he was supposed to rush and get her stuff and get Aspen and hurry back to the hospital. And he stopped to make out with Robin. They thought they were being stealthy. She followed Cody outside of the door and they closed the door and they were kissing. And then he knew he was in a rush and he still went back to get seconds. While Christine was in the hospital, her water had just broken. She was all by herself waiting on Cody and people found that tasteless. They found it disrespectful to Christine. And so Cody makes a point in this episode of kissing Mary during Robin's labor to make a point about the love and feeling the love and sharing the love that this is a normal thing for his family because I believe he wants to make what happened during Christine's labor less bad when he was kissing his fiancee Robin at the time. Robin is getting ready to have Saul and Christine admits that her treatment of Robin hasn't been warm and accepting. Let's remember that Robin was a secret kept from Janelle and Christine for a time, and Christine was dealing with a very high-risk pregnancy as Cody was lovesick, nursing his heart, thinking with his dick, preoccupied with himself and with his favorite sales associate, Robin, who was giving Kotex the best customer treatment as he was away on long weekends to buy the goods Robin sold. Christine was as welcoming as she could be to Robin under the circumstances, and this episode we see Christine extend an olive branch with the cute cross-stitch she made Robin, saying our family has grown by two feet. As we know, for Robin, that wasn't enough. She expected more deference. That's the problem, all the expecting. When people expect and they don't get what they feel entitled to, then they demand. And Robin seemed to feel entitled to a relationship with her sister wives. She expected it, snap, snap, and she didn't see it as a privilege that she would have to put an effort to receive. Christine says that she had trouble accepting Robin as Cody's wife and she caused the family a lot of harm. Christine says a lot of interesting things this episode that seem to directly relate to why she ended up leaving Cody. But in this episode, we have Christine apologizing, blaming herself for not accepting Robin. 
blaming herself for thinking that Robin was taking Cody away, blaming herself for blaming Robin for being Cody's favorite wife. Robin is having a home birth, and the idea of going to a hospital where it's safest makes her scared. The kids aren't too excited about Saul's arrival. Hunter thinks that they have enough kids in the family. Maddie is hesitant about it. She isn't too excited. The most interesting thing we see this episode is how some of Cody's older kids are not so thrilled about the birth of Solomon. They get that it means less resources and less attention from their dad, who is already very distanced from them in Vegas. The kids just moved to Vegas. They're struggling with it. And some more attention from Cody and some more connection with Cody is what they desperately need. And they know with this new baby, that's not happening. They already are getting less connection from their dad. They're already getting less attention from their dad. And the new shiny toy is going to take all of his attention away. Cody is going to be completely assumed with Solomon. And I think the older kids know that. Some of the older kids are very open with their emotions and it's really eye-opening. The episode opens at Robin's house. She is getting close to the birth. She's starting to put together a boxed playpen. She is excited. She thinks the whole family is really excited. Not really. In the episode preview, the kids express how unexcited they are. Again, Hunter thinks there are too many kids already. Maddie is hesitant. Robin is nervous. Christine is excited for Solomon's birth because she says Solomon loves her. Christine puts her hand on Robin's belly, pushing Cody's hand off of Robin's belly. And Mary lets Christine know she can't ever take Cody away from the baby. Mary says that is a rule. Yes, we know Robin expects Cody to be there with her 24-7. We know Robin expects Cody to not be away from her kids for more than two days because they get anxious otherwise. Even if Cody had to neglect all of his other wives and kids when he still had them around, Robin expected Cody to be there and not be gone for more than a few days because otherwise her kids get upset. We know the rules. Robin doesn't let Cody out of her sight anyways. Robin has had a good pregnancy. She has had a lot of love and support, and she has been sick until now. She still gets morning sickness. She's been having Braxton Hicks, the pre-labor contractions, working that muscle, she says, getting her ready for the birth. Robin knows that the birth is close at hand, and she says she can't complain in front of Mary, though. When she does, Mary reminds Robin that she should just be grateful that she is pregnant. So Robin says... She will text Mary that she is so grateful that she is having morning sickness today and she will ask Mary if she can show up late because of that morning sickness. Robin is laughing at this. She thinks it's adorable. Listen, Mary wished to have a house full of kids and she was only able to have one child and it was very sad and very painful for her and Mary really struggled with it. So when Mary sees her sister wife having kids, She wished her body could give her. It is sad and it does hurt on some level. So when Mary tells Robin be grateful, that's what she means. And still Robin uses her obvious pregnancy and her morning sickness to throw this in Mary's face, texting, oh, I'm so grateful to have morning sickness. I'll be late. 
Mary probably wishes she could carry another child, even with terrible morning sickness every day and every minute. Mary would have endured it to have a child. So why can't Robin just text and say, hey, I'll be late? Why rub it in constantly? Robin is very insensitive. I mean, we saw the birth announcement where Robin hijacked Mary's family dinner and she wanted the limelight, and she made the announcement without giving Mary adequate time to process her emotions and without giving Mary time to speak to Leo first so that Leo could process their emotions too. Robin has a checkup today to see how things are progressing. She anticipates that all is well. Saul has always had a very strong heartbeat. Robin hasn't had any concern so far with the pregnancy, thankfully. She thinks that the midwife will tell her to be ready to meet her son soon. Hasn't she already met Solomon in her dreams? Robin once said that she meets all of her kids in her dreams or visions before they are born, and she knows them before they are even born. Over at Janelle's, Janelle and her kids are having dinner together, and Cody explains that it's been nine months since the move to Vegas. They've been on a roller coaster ride. They got into four separate homes. And now, baby Solomon is on the way. A lot has happened, and Cody admits the kids have had a lot of issues dealing with their bitterness and their frustration. Hunter says he doesn't care about Vegas. He doesn't want to talk. Janelle says Hunter is doing better. He likes his football team, but Vegas is still not Utah. Hunter tells his mom that Vegas isn't Utah all of the time. But he doesn't mope in his room now for hours a day. He comes home. He'll interact with the family. He will give Janelle hugs now instead of Janelle having to grab Hunter and make him hug her. He is still withdrawn. He's still sad. But Janelle says Hunter is only 14 and Janelle doesn't know what normal is for a 14-year-old. She says Hunter is better than he was six months ago. Maddie is also having a little bit of a tough time and she's going to go to bed early. She doesn't feel good. Janelle says Maddie is still engaged in Utah completely. Her friends are in Utah. She talks to them. She texts her friends in Utah. She chats with them online and she lives in Utah vicariously through her friends. She just attends school in Vegas. Moving from a church community in Utah to Vegas probably feels like you've moved to another country. It's probably a hell of a lot of culture shock. It's probably a huge adjustment and a lot for the kids. So it's no wonder that they're having challenges with adjusting to this. Over at Christine's, Christine is making dinner. When they first moved to Vegas, Aspen and McKelty were not happy about being in Vegas. But McKelty said last night that she loves Vegas. She never wants to move back to Utah. And McKelty has a ton of friends. She loves her school. And it didn't take Aspen long to like living in Vegas. She likes Vegas a lot. She likes the people in Vegas. She loves the weather in Vegas. Out of all of Christine's kids, Christine says Peyton is struggling the most with the move. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He isn't that involved in sports. Peyton has struggled very hard with the move. Christine worries about Peyton a lot. Whenever the wives are together and they're sitting on the confessional couch complaining about the struggles that their kids are having, Robin always makes strange faces. You can tell she feels uncomfortable because she feels like it's going to look negative for the adults in the family. So Robin wants to focus on the positive 
And she mentions an amazing transformation Peyton and Dayton went through together. Peyton and Dayton weren't getting along. Peyton was harassing Dayton and teasing him, according to Robin. And now Peyton has made a huge effort to improve his mental state. He's improved what's going on inside of his head. Apparently, Christine had a conversation with Peyton, and she told Peyton that Dayton could actually choose to go live with his biological father in a year. And Peyton asked if Dayton would actually leave, and Christine asked why Dayton would stay in Vegas if the kids aren't being nice to him. And then Peyton got serious, and he thought that would be sad, and it changed Peyton's tune, and Peyton began being a lot nicer to Dayton. Now, Peyton will walk from Christine's house to Robin's house, and Peyton and Dayton will walk to and from the bus stop together every day for school. Robin says it's going very well, and she has been very pleased and very happy with it. It's given Robin hope, and it's given her excitement for what's in store for them. Yes, like Cody calling his other wives and kids the obstacles to his goals in life and alienating everyone till they leave him. Over at Mary's, she explains that she just had a conversation with Leo. They are still struggling and they told their mom that they feel like they've been faking it, trying to put out there that they're okay with the move, that everything's great. Leo says sometimes it's good in Vegas and other times they miss Utah and they want to go home. Mary says Leo has a good attitude about being in Vegas because they have to be here, but Leo isn't happy with it. The first time Leo met Robin, they were with Mary at this dance, and she introduced Leo to Robin, and Leo said they thought their dad was going to marry Robin from day one. Ever since then, Robin has just been their mom. Leo says it's just how it is. Cody is over at Robin's feeling her baby bump, and Robin says Saul is yanking on the umbilical cord. That feels like TMI. Do we really need to know that? Ugh. Robin is due in a week and a half and everyone tells her that the baby is coming soon and she gets excited when they tell her, oh, for sure he's coming soon. I'm sure Robin loves this attention. Cody and Robin head to Robin's checkup. They're holding hands and Robin needs Cody to hold on before they keep walking in because she is having a contraction. And Cody asks Robin if she wants him to massage it out of her as he is rubbing her back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robin thinks Saul's birth is a bonding moment for the whole entire family. I think Robin isn't getting that some of the older kids are very hesitant about Saul's birth, and they were hesitant since the announcement that Robin was pregnant. They know their dad is already unavailable to them and that he spends more and more time at Robin's house, meeting her needs rather than paying attention to his kids. He is already spread too thin, and he will now spend most of his time adoring Saul as he neglects his other kids. The kids know that, but Robin wants this Saul's birth to be this profound bonding experience over baby Solomon. 
She doesn't seem to get that this is a mixed bag of emotions for the kids and the other wives. She just kind of glosses over it, assuming it's just the happiest time for everyone. And a baby is always a happy, wonderful blessing. But in this situation, it's not just cut and dry. Robin never addresses that this might be tough for the other kids and wives. Robin says Solomon has a big job. He's everybody's little brother. Cody tells the midwife that Robin looks lower today and we learn she just went to the chiropractor for an adjustment. Robin feels like this baby, Solomon, knows he has a big family that loves him and she probably telepathically communicated that to him in her visions with him during her dreams at night. The midwife confirms that Robin's doctor is right and the baby is coming soon. I think this appointment with the midwife is just for filming purposes so they can make an hour-long baby special and Robin loves it, being the center of all the attention and the main focus. Solomon is due in a week and a half, so obviously he's coming soon. That's not really news. It's not a revelation. We learn there is nothing concerning going on that would warrant inducing labor. Robin guesses that Saul will pick his birthday. Cody thinks Robin looks very vibrant tonight and he wants Robin to have Saul tonight. He thinks Robin is ready. Hunter thinks they already have almost more kids than they can handle in the family and the fact that they are having more, it's, and Logan cuts Hunter off. All the older kids are sitting on the confessional couch. So Johnny Appleseed cuts Hunter off and he tells his siblings they have to realize it's Robin who hasn't had a kid with the family yet. And he puts it that they have to realize it's Robin who hasn't had one with us. It's weird. It's very depersonalized. He cuts Hunter off from saying what he's going to say. And he says, it's Robin who hasn't had one with us yet. It's a weird phrasing. It's depersonalized and it's detached. Robin hasn't had one with us yet. I just found it odd to phrase it like that, like it's transactional, like it's Robin's turn to breed for the family. So even though the kids know they aren't receiving the attention and attunement they need from their dad already, he has already stretched far too thin, the kids need to accept it and it's Robin's turn now to have kids, even to their detriment, even if it means even less time and attention from their father. Maddie is glad Robin is having a baby. It's happy for Robin, Maddie says, but Maddie doesn't know if she is excited. The older kids aren't thrilled about this baby. They know what it means. They know their dad is already detached. They know their dad is not giving the same attention to their moms that he used to. They know that their dad already wants to be at Robin's and he fully invests there to their neglect, to their detriment, to the detriment of their moms. And now Robin has a shiny new baby Cody will cling to and devote all of his attention to because the baby is easier, the baby is more convenient than they are for Cody. And we know Cody loves convenience. We also know at this point that the other kids already noticed that they were referred to as Janelle's kids or Christine's kids, that their dad was detached from them as he fully invested with Robin and her children and they had a different status with Cody. So this is happy for Robin, and Robin wants to frame this as Saul being the glue for the family. But in some ways, it added more resentment and more division. The kids are smart enough to know that Saul will become their dad's main focus, and they will fall away further from Cody's attention, and they anticipate it. 
it's not as happy for the older kids who already understand the situation as it is for Robin. And Robin fails to even acknowledge the complex emotions involved with Saul. For Robin, it's happy. For Cody, it's happy. For everyone else, there is impending doom. There is resentment. And they are happy for Robin. They're happy about Saul. They love their new brother. They love the new addition to the family. But they are fully aware what it means. And it means even less attention from dad and even less connection and even less attention for their moms. Maddie doesn't know what she thinks about the baby. She doesn't know if she really feels happy that the family is having a baby. She just doesn't know. Leo reminds Maddie that the baby is still her little brother. And Aspen tells Maddie that Saul is from their same biological father. Maddie agrees and Leo wants to know if Maddie is at least a little happy about it. Maddie doesn't look it. She responds that they have so many kids right now that she doesn't know if she is happy. And Hunter says, you can't love someone you don't know. And Leo says, they love Saul already. To me, what it looks like is the kids want attention desperately from their dad. They feel neglected because they are being neglected on some level. Their dad is more distant in Vegas than he was in Utah. So the kids who are saying they love Saul or that it's Robin's turn to have a kid with dad, like Logan, want to project positive optics and they want positive attention with their dad. And they probably think if they please their dad, he might give them more connection and more attention. But certain older kids like Hunter and Maddie are being more honest about how they truly feel. And it's not a rejection of Solomon by any means. It's just that they know what another child in the family means and especially what another child means with the favorite wife. They know this means they already get less from their dad and they will get even less than the less they now get from their dad. They're going to get less support, less attention, less connection, less communication, and they probably can sense their moms getting a lot less too so that Robin gets more, so that Saul gets more. Next, the wives and Cody are going with their realtor Mona and with Bill, their new business partner, to check out possible properties for their fitness center location. Christine explains that they aren't in the best shape, so she is very self-conscious about opening up a fitness center. Janelle gets this look of disgust on her face when Christine says that. Christine says it's humbling to think of opening a fitness center because of the way she looks. Cody is smiling. He finds this amusing. Mary says they need the fitness center and they are going to use it. I think Janelle knows the fitness center is a great idea business-wise. Whether or not they themselves are fitness models or bodybuilders or trainers, the idea has legs to stand on. And Janelle probably knows when the wives express hesitation, it looks bad for their brand and bad for their business. If you notice, the other investor the Browns brought in who was reading from a notebook, that guy was by no means a fit guy. He looked overweight himself, yet he was an investor and a fitness consultant. So it really doesn't matter that the wives aren't fit. Wives might be a selling point because they are known, but they aren't going to be the fitness trainers in the center itself. Obviously, I'm sure somewhere out there is some morbidly obese, fat fuck who is wealthy who owns some gym. Cody explains that they want to secure the lease as fast as they can. They want the gym to open in six months. 
Cody seems to be very impulsive. Less than a month ago, he was into real estate and there were so many opportunities and he was getting his real estate license in a month or less. That's what he told his high school friend. Then he suggested that the family open a restaurant. Then Janelle had the common sense to suggest a gym. And there is now all this urgency. They found investors. They found consultants. And now they are looking at leases. They're looking at spaces. And Cody is saying that the gym will be open in six months. There is a rush to do this gym that never, ever comes to fruition. That probably would have panned out with time and effort financially. Instead, the family takes out exorbitant loans to do My Sister Wife's Closet, a niche business that anyone could tell will be a hobby business that won't bring in enough income to support or sustain the family. The gym could have easily done this. There is all this rush now, but no gym ever materializes. Then the family goes on to do My Sister Wife's Closet, an idea only one wife wants, and it's her dream, the favorite wife's dream, Robin's dream. And Christine and Janelle are less than enthusiastic about the idea of My Sister Wife's Closet. Not everyone is passionate about it, yet the family goes with the favorite wife's idea of My Sister Wife's Closet, and it flops big time as Janelle predicted. And they never had a family business that succeeded. They never had the gym. Imagine if they went with the gym, what might have been. And by the way, has Cody gotten his real estate license yet? Where are all these huge opportunities? It was going to be in a month or less, man. Then they were going to open the gym. Cody seems impulsive. He seems to have grand delusions that he's an entrepreneur or a businessman or a real estate guru. But if you notice, nothing comes to fruition. And what does Cody do? He works on a reality show filming and he sells like gun accessories at expos. So Cody isn't some entrepreneur, guru, businessman, mogul. He seems erratic. He seems impulsive. And if they just went with Janelle's idea, I'm almost 100% sure that Jim would have come to fruition and been very successful in time maybe even successful enough to sustain the family. The first location the Browns check out for this gym is a paint store. And it didn't seem big enough, but it had a good layout. Cody, the business guru, points out that where the signage for the paint store is, it's a perfect spot to put the gym sign. Naturally, in a strip mall, of course, every location has its label, be it Starbucks or Ann's Hair Salon, Above the doorway, obviously, you see the signage of what the place is you're walking into. So Cody points out where it says the paint store name above the door in big letters. That's also the perfect spot to put the gym sign where it obviously goes. Cody points to Bill and he says Bill is a fitness fundamentalist. And Cody thinks it's so clever because they're Mormon fundamentalists. I think Cody really needs to test for Mensa. I can't believe he hasn't yet. He may not have to apply with them. I mean, they might approach him and headhunt him. Cody is just so advanced intellectually. One of the wives thinks fundamental fitness would be a great name. Christine doesn't seem crazy about it. They checked out the second location. It's a better location, according to Cody, the Mensa genius business guru. But if it's not affordable, he says, then it's a problem and they're going to have to look elsewhere. No shit. 
Don't these people know the basic budget that they have to lease? And won't they make sure before they waste time even looking at properties that the properties they check out will fall into their price range? Why look at places before you know if you can afford it unless you're doing it just for filming? If I know I can only afford $1,500 a month in rent, I'm not going to go look in Malibu or Beverly Hills and waste my own time looking at things I know I can't afford. Bill explains to Mona, the realtor, that you can have the greatest gym, but if it's in a bad location, it won't work. Everyone likes location three. Cody refers to it as ritzy. Cody likes that gym because it's next to a daycare. Janelle likes the other one they looked at first, the first location. So now Cody instructs Mona to check out the locations, locations one and three. You would think before they went, they would be prepared with the listings, with the pricing, so that they would have all the info before wasting their time to go look at it, before wasting Mona's time and before wasting Bill's time. So maybe this was just for filming. Robin is very excited now. She's sitting in her nursery and she says, everybody is thinking about all these other things and all she can think about is her baby. Christine, Mary, and Janelle show up at Robin's house and Christine explains that the sister wives started having lunch together with just the sister wives a few months ago. They don't see each other very often in Vegas otherwise, so they do these lunches. Christine explains the reason all the wives entered into this family is because they all did want sister wives. Not Robin, really. Robin said her main concern was her husband and having a romantic relationship. She wasn't in it primarily for the sister wives. In Becoming Sister Wives, Robin wrote, I didn't want to go to my wedding day and wedding bed with someone who was a relative stranger. In addition to God's testimony, I wanted a romantic love. Some of my sister wives were more interested in the sisterhood than in the husband. But perhaps, since I'd been married before, I knew that I needed a man whom I loved, trusted, cherished, and adored. I also knew that asking for and receiving all these things is hard. I think we know Christine wanted the sister wives and Mary and Janelle understood that it was important to try to get along with their sister wives, even though it was difficult. And I think they knew they wanted the plural family. And it was probably not specifically for sister wives, but because religiously and spiritually they felt they had to. But I think Christine genuinely did want the sister wives. But Robin, not so much. She may have wanted the plural family, but it wasn't really about having sister wives. Robin's main focus was always the man, and now she is stuck with him in monogamish hell. Robin and her best customer forever in love. Or is it a business, a contract Robin and Cody are both chained to? Christine says the sister-wife relationship is an important friendship to maintain. When Christine says that, Robin frowns and she juts her tongue out and it looks to me like she doesn't agree necessarily. Robin asks her sister wives what they thought of the properties they saw today. Mary said it's fun, but she isn't sure that they found the perfect spot yet. Christine is bored looking for a location and she says she doesn't want to do it anymore. She just wants to go with the first property they found. Robin says she's excited, but we all know she is only excited about Saul coming and manipulating Cody into forcing her sister wives into pursuing her hobby business. 
Janelle thinks the lunches have helped them because she and her sister wives have re-identified each other as individuals. Janelle is using some cold, distant clinical language here. She says she thinks the lunches have helped them because she and the sister wives re-identify each other as individuals. She doesn't say, I feel more like my sister wives and I have stronger relationships. We are friends. She just says they re-identify each other as individuals. Robin explains that they have gone through a lot in the past year and going to these lunches with her sister wives takes the pressure off. Janelle says it's become Mary, Robin, and Christine again rather than her against Cody and Robin or her against Mary and Christine. The lunches have helped reestablish that one-on-one relationship. Christine reiterates that it feels so good to know that you are not alone. Now, we know that Christine and Janelle are close now, and throughout the years, they relied on each other and they supported each other, mostly out of necessity. Janelle brought home the bacon and Christine raised the kids. She was the primary caregiver during the day for many years as Janelle worked as the family's primary breadwinner, with Cody supplementing that income with whatever he made here and there. Christine and Janelle were not always so close like sisters, and they got closer move after move as Cody became increasingly absent and increasingly distant, and that solidified their sisterhood. It's very interesting how Janelle mentions that she, Mary, Christine, and Robin are a group again. It's not her against Cody and Robin or her against Mary and Christine, It's interesting that she perceived it as her against Robin and Cody. With Robin, Janelle automatically includes Cody as a part of Robin. And the other example Janelle gives is it's not her against Mary and Christine. She doesn't include Cody with them, saying her against Cody and Christine or her against Cody and Mary. It's just with Robin that Janelle makes that distinction. And because Janelle mentions these examples, it makes me wonder... Did Janelle feel like it was her alone against Robin and Cody? Is Robin a part of Cody? So if Janelle has an issue with Cody or Robin, it's an issue with the pair. And did Janelle ever feel a division between herself, Mary, and Christine? Because we know from Becoming Sister Wives that Janelle left for a time after an argument with Mary when she suffered from postpartum depression. And we know Christine and Mary took issue with the way Janelle handled household chores, like her preference, for example, of when to do dishes. And Janelle ended up moving out and getting an education and getting a home and a career. She got a better car. She did all of this on her own away from the wives and away from Cody. And she never full-on left her marriage, but she did live independently and create her own life. And she would drive the kids every day to be with their siblings as Christine and Mary looked after them. Christine tells Robin at lunch that it will be fun to help out with the baby. As we recall, Robin complains in later seasons that Christine was unwilling to help her with her kids. And we find out that Christine was always willing to be a mom to Robin's kids, but Robin hired help. And then she tried to accuse Christine of not wanting to be involved with her kids when that was not the case. Here, Christine clearly states she wants to help out, and she says they're all just here to do whatever to help with whatever Robin needs. 
So obviously, Robin created a false narrative in later seasons that Christine didn't want to invest in her kids. We have seen countless examples of Christine involving Robin's kids in her traditions and in family events. Christine reiterates to Robin, we are here to do whatever, whatever your comfort level is, whatever you want us to do. Robin tells her sister wives she has never had sister wives before and she has a question. She wonders if the baby is born in the middle of the night, if they want her to call them to come over in the middle of the night. With no hesitation whatsoever, Christine says yes, Mary also says yes, and Christine jokes that they will be fighting over the baby. Christine mentions to Robin that she remembers a while ago that Robin was really worried about Cody's capacity to love another child. And she asks Robin if that has changed. And Robin says, yeah, it has. And she feels like she just wanted to make sure Cody was up for another little baby. It's interesting how Christine asks Robin that, considering most of Janelle's kids don't seem too sure that Cody can handle the kids he already has. As we recall, Hunter feels... There are already too many kids in the family and Maddie expresses a similar sentiment and they know their dad is already stretched too thin. Christine assures Robin that Cody will be great. He loves kids and he is the best at labor. And Janelle acknowledges that Cody is very good and Janelle has vivid images of how Cody was facilitating everything during her labors. Cody is very present in Janelle's memories of her labors. And Christine says, Cody knows the perfect pressure points in the middle of the back to relieve things. And Mary points out, since she just had one child, she hasn't had that much experience with Cody in her labors. Robin asks how Cody was with Leo's birth. And Mary jokes that it was 16 years ago. And she asks, you expect me to remember that? And she says it very seriously. And she's kidding, obviously. But the wives at first think that Mary is serious. Mary's very first thought about Leo before she knew their gender at birth was Cody yelled out, it's a boy. And her midwife told Cody, no, he was just looking at the umbilical cord, mistaking that for something else. Christine is glad Robin is doing a home birth because Robin gets to experience how good Cody is during labor. And she assures Robin that Robin is going to be relieved because Cody is great. Christine and Janelle and even Mary are singing Cody's praises. And Robin tells the girls, her sister wives, that it's because of them that Cody is as great as he is. Where is that gratitude in later seasons? Christine has made a cute peace offering for Robin. It's a cross stitch that says, our family has grown by two feet. It's a symbolic gift, Christine says, that signifies that Solomon is a part of their family. Christine says it's a peace offering because her treatment of Robin has not been accepting and welcoming in the least. Christine says her being jealous of Robin made Robin feel like she wasn't welcome and that she didn't want Robin as a sister wife. And it made Robin feel that she didn't feel like Robin was a wife of Cody. Christine says she never meant for Robin to feel like she wasn't a wife or like she wasn't an equal. Christine says she would blame Robin for taking Cody away. She would blame Robin for being Cody's favorite wife. 
Christine points out that having favorites isn't okay if you want a successful plural family, you don't have favorites. So as Christine is apologizing for not accepting Robin, for blaming Robin for taking Cody away, and for being the favorite wife, she mentions having a favorite wife in polygamy isn't okay if you want a successful family. Christine knows this, and she knows Robin is the favorite wife. And earlier this season, Steen expressed how Cody was spending all of his time and effort investing in Robin, meeting her needs and the needs of her kids, to the detriment of his other wives and kids, and to the detriment of his relationship with Christine. And Christine was pointing out that Cody wasn't investing equally with her. He was neglecting their relationship to give Robin more attention to meet Robin's needs. And Robin is very needy. And here she says, you can't have a favorite wife. And she blames herself for thinking Robin is the favorite. And we really see Christine's development. Last season, upon leaving, she admitted she felt she didn't matter to Cody. She felt she wasn't as important as Robin. And the problem was Robin was the favorite wife. And Cody showed a lot of favoritism to her. And back in season three, we have Christine saying, You cannot have a plural wife and have a successful plural family. And indeed, Cody blatantly picking a favorite wife and showing that favorite wife more favor and attention and investment led to Cody losing three wives and most of the relationships he had with his older kids. We also remember the professor stating that for a plural family to work, there could not be a favorite wife. The husband in a plural family could not pick an obvious favorite wife. And from day one, we have seen Cody clearly pick the favorite. And it cemented the downfall of his family. Straight from Christine's mouth, in the last episode of season three, she says, if you want a successful family, you don't have favorites. And we all know how true that is, seeing the horrendous trajectory of this family over the seasons. Christine says she never meant for Robin to feel like she wasn't a wife or that she wasn't an equal. But the way she has behaved has made Robin feel unwelcome. Christine did nothing to make Robin feel unwelcome, at least on camera. I think Robin felt entitled to these relationships with Cody's other wives and kids when she joined the family. And I think she felt it would come automatically with no effort from her when this family has functioned with three wives and all the kids for 16 years before Robin even enters the pictures. And the wives and Cody existed even before the kids were born. Robin has continued to perpetuate the narrative that it's us versus them, that she is rejected, that her kids are unwelcome, that she isn't an equal. When the reality is she came into the family, she manipulated Cody, she prioritized Cody, and she kept Cody resentful with her us versus them narrative that she and her kids were rejected. She was always in Cody's ear saying that she and her kids were rejected and that Cody needed to protect her. He needed to be there for her, to stand up for her, to the detriment of everyone else. And he needed to support Robin against everyone else. So nothing Christine did would ever show enough deference for the entitled Robin and nothing would be enough for Robin. And Robin used that narrative to manipulate the fuck out of Cody and it worked. And now she is stuck with her best customer and Christine is free and Janelle is free and Mary too. 
whether she wanted it or not. Cody is now free from his obstacles in life and Robin is chained to her best customer, her new obstacle, and there are no wives beneath Robin for Cody to resent, for Cody to be angry at. And all of that will now fall on Robin who will no longer be the favorite wife. She will be the only wife and she will feel chained to her best customer, her sixth child. And once Cody realizes all he lost and how manipulated he was by her, he will be very angry and very resentful of Robin and he will become her obstacle. And when he does, when his kids with Robin are grown, I predict Robin will cut that chain from her foot and she will have her kids and who will Cody have left? You know, Cody once asked what happened to Team Brown and deep down Cody knows the answer. Just like the ex-wives know the answer and most of the kids probably know the answer. Christine feels bad for making Robin feel unwelcome and she says it's not okay to treat people mean or to treat people badly. Christine dreads that her kids won't think of Robin as a mom because of how unfair she has been. Christine says it's not okay because Robin has earned that. Christine says she potentially could have caused this family a lot of harm. You guys think what Robin did to this family and all of the manipulation of Cody to keep him in a resentful state against his family because of her complaints that she and her kids were rejected by them keeps Robin up at night? Does Robin think about how Cody lost three wives and most of the relationships with his older kids, mostly because of her and the way she encouraged the cookie to crumble? Christine knows things will improve, but she says, it's not like she is saying here, I love you, here is a token of my friendship. I love you, but she says, in a sense, it is. She says, this gift is an I'm sorry. Do you guys see how classy this woman is and how sensitive to others she is? How kind Christine is apologizing to a woman for being slightly cold when that woman accused Christine of being a liar. She invalidated her marriage experience. She disrespected Christine in her own home. She tried to invalidate Christine's feeling that she was divorced from Cody. Robin was incredibly disrespectful as well to Janelle's kids, especially Gabe and Garrison. She said Christine didn't try as hard as she did in her first marriage to make it work when Robin had no right at all to speak on it. And Christine tried for over 20 years. Robin put all of the blame on Christine, removing all of the accountability for the failed marriage from Cody. And to top it all off, when Christine left because Cody had a favorite wife and she felt she didn't matter to Cody, among other things, Robin wanted to manipulate the situation to force a closer relationship with Janelle between Janelle and herself. And when Janelle refused to cut ties with Christine, the woman who raised her kids, Robin told Cody of all of her negative experiences with Christine. And then Cody repeated them to Janelle to try and turn Janelle against Christine in order to facilitate a relationship between Janelle and Robin by force through manipulation and tactics. Cody also tried to use sex with Christine as a bargaining chip to force Christine to treat Robin the way Robin felt entitled to be treated so that Christine would be friendlier 
before he would consider discussing the possibility of intimacy with his wife. Robin is a bitch, and we see the way Robin behaves and the way she treated Christine versus the way Christine treats Robin. Here she is apologetic, trying to be this goblin's friend, and all the goblin did was stab her in the back because there is a difference in class, integrity, and character between Christine and Robin. But as we watch all of Christine's forgiveness and grace, just mentally contrast that with Robin calling Christine a liar in her home, with saying Christine refused to work hard at her marriage, when trying hard and working hard to make her marriage work was all Christine did for 20 plus years. Christine says Solomon is special to her. She loves Solomon and he loves her back. She says when she puts her hand on Robin's belly, Solomon moves and she knows he loves her. Christine says this gift, this gesture to Robin expresses welcoming Solomon as her son too. And it's a promise to be better. What about what Robin is going to do to be better? Over at Janelle's, her kids are having a pillow fight. And Janelle says she's excited for the baby. She is probably as excited as with any of the other babies coming into the family. She is happy when the babies are born, but she doesn't get very into the births. She doesn't get excited about having the baby. That's just not her style. Cody says Janelle can't compete with Christine's enthusiasm, and Janelle reiterates that her lack of excitement doesn't mean she doesn't look forward to the baby coming or that she isn't excited, but she bonds with the babies in a different way after they're born, and she's excited but she probably won't get up in the middle of the night to go see the baby. Now, when Janelle says this, Robin glares angrily at Janelle, and she looks pissed. Theo is making Solomon a baby blanket at the sewing machine, and Mary mentions how they have been in Vegas for nine months, and there have been lots of changes. It's been good on some levels, but Mary feels like living apart from everybody that she is having to figure out what her relationship is with each of her sister wives. Mary shows us the redecorated girls room from when Christine and Robin's daughters moved in temporarily and slept over and she has a spot in the closet for Saul's stuff and she's going to get boy clothes for Saul to keep in that space and she says it's going to be fun to have Solomon but very different than if this were her own baby. Mary explains that when she and Cody were in Mexico for their 20th wedding anniversary Cody suggested that they consider doing in vitro fertilization, IVF. Mary didn't see the point, but she thought about it a lot, and she is still against doing it. Mary says that she and Robin have become very close. They have a really good relationship. They are very good friends, of course. And this was before Robin secured her legal status. Mary thinks Robin came into the family wanting to have a deep, close relationship with her sister wives. And Mary has always wanted that, a close relationship with her sister wives, and she never had it. But now with Robin, she has a close relationship, and she is very happy about that. Her closeness with Robin is why she feels a connection with Saul, and she doesn't know why, but she feels it, and she is very excited to meet Saul. The strong connection is already there. Mary was a true good friend to Robin. She helped invest with her time and her effort and her energy in my sister wife's closet, which was Robin's dream. She was always accommodating. She went out of her way 
She divorced Cody so that Cody could adopt Robin's kids. Mary was a ride or die for Robin, but Robin wasn't always there for Mary. Do you guys remember when Mary was contributing a lot of her time to My Sister Wife's Closet and she decided she wanted to do something to fulfill herself, so she wanted to go back to pursue working with at-risk youth and she wanted to get her degree and Robin was pissed because she wanted to have more kids and so she felt betrayed or let down because Mary wanted to spend less time on my sister wife's closet and more time on doing something that would be fulfilling for her and achieving her goals. Robin wasn't supportive as a sister wife. Robin was pissed because she wanted more kids and she wanted Mary to spend more time at my sister wife's closet. And when Mary divorced Cody so that Robin could have the legal status so that he could adopt her kids. Robin was joking that maybe Mary should burn her marriage certificate. You guys also remember during COVID that Mary was the only other wife who religiously followed Cody's special COVID protocols along with Robin and Cody. Supposedly they were following them too. And Mary lives alone. She was very lonely. She was very isolated. All she wanted was to spend time with the family, was to spend time at Robin's house with Robin's kids. And so she quarantined, even though she lived alone, she followed all of Cody's ridiculous rules. And Cody sanctioned Mary. She was allowed in. She was welcomed into Robin's home. Cody approved and Robin said, F no, we can't do that because if we do that, the other wives might get upset that they're not welcome, but Mary is. When they didn't give a fuck, they were going, doing their own life, doing their own trips, going on vacations. Janelle and Christine and all their kids were hanging out together. They didn't follow Cody's protocols. They followed the CDC guidelines. Mary followed Cody's guidelines and she wasn't invited and Robin made ridiculous excuses for it. And it really hurt Mary's feelings. And Mary was lonely and it fucked with her mental health. And she still didn't get an invite, even though Cody said Mary's allowed. Robin made excuses for why she couldn't have Mary over. And it hurt Mary. Oh, Mary is a very loyal friend. Mary is a ride or die friend. She is a very authentic friend when she is on your side and she is your friend. But Robin doesn't extend that same loyalty to Mary, obviously. Next comes a momentous occasion. We first see the cul-de-sac. Cody and the wives have decided to look at properties to build homes. And Janelle says if they could pick anywhere and price was not an issue, something like the cul-de-sac would be perfect. And of course we know the Browns ended up building homes and living in the cul-de-sac for years. Cody explains that they have moved past trying to find one house to fit everyone. There are zoning issues. There are issues with having multiple kitchens. And there is also a need for the wives to have autonomy. It's important that they are all still close though. So the wives, Cody and their realtor Mona are at the unbuilt empty cul-de-sac that would become their cul-de-sac with the four homes. Cody is pointing out where the homes would be in the cul-de-sac and he mentions how Robin sees Solomon as a thing to bring the family together. She doesn't wanna live a mile away from Mary or a half mile away from Janelle. Cody says they got in there in the cul-de-sac, they got inside the gate, they looked at the lots, and they got a visual of what it would be like for the kids to live there in the cul-de-sac. And it seemed perfect. Cody wanted to build there, and the wives are standing where their homes would be. And Cody explains, with the cul-de-sac, they are buying a dream. 
I think it's so interesting how Cody explains getting the homes in the cul-de-sac as being about what Robin wants from Robin's perspective. He doesn't mention the family or all of his wives or the kids. He says Robin sees Saul as a way to bring the family together. And Robin doesn't want to live far apart from Mary, Christine, and Janelle. And we can't build one house because of zoning, multiple kitchens, autonomy, and this and that. So let's do four homes next to each other. And Robin wants, Robin wants this. She doesn't want to live X miles away from Mary. It's not my wives want to live as neighbors or my kids need me close by. It's framed by Cody from the perspective of Robin, what Robin wants and of what Robin expressed. She wants this, not what his other wives need. It's not from the perspective of his other wives or the whole family or what his kids need. It's from the perspective of what Robin expressed she wants. Cody wonders how they make the cul-de-sac a reality. Maybe Robin pinned it on her vision board. Who knows? Maybe she manifested it. Cody explains homes cost money. Fuck. You mean you can't just find a home you like and take it free of charge? You have to pay for it? It costs money? You have to work? What? Well, not Robin. Robin doesn't have to work. She came into the family in debt and she didn't work. She got her debt paid off. She got a cul-de-sac home. Even with her debt and her million aliases, she got her McMansion paid for, mostly with the proceeds from Janelle and Mary's Vegas homes and the joint family account that Janelle was probably the primary contributor to. The only person who gets free debt relief, free mansions, free everything, is Robin off the backs of her sister wives and money that should be going to Cody's kids. But mansions cost money. Nannies cost money. Someone has to work, and as long as it isn't Robin, she doesn't mind reaping the benefits of another woman's blood, sweat, and tears. Cody says they have been dreaming about this cul-de-sac, but he needs to find a way financially to make it happen. Janelle loves the cul-de-sac. She loves that the kids would have lots of room to run on these four lots. Robin loves it. She calls over to Christine, who is standing on her plot, asking Hey, Christine, is Aurora over at your house? I thought Robin said Christine wasn't welcoming to her kids. She rejected them. She didn't include them. And now Robin is doing a fairy tale scenario where Aurora is over at Christine's and she is wondering where her kid is. Robin seems uber controlling. She's a helicopter mom. There is no way in hell there is a minute of any day where she doesn't know where every kid is, even the fully grown adult kids, I would bet. Who is she kidding with? Is Aurora over at your house? Robin knows where her kids are all the time, every minute, every second, for sure. Janelle's example is joking about a cup of sugar. Robin yells over if she has extra milk. Yes, so she doesn't have to jump all over Isabel for making herself a bowl of cereal as a snack because it's supposed to be a snack and not a meal. Now Robin can conveniently restock her milk and cereal without even getting off her ass or going to the store. Christine can bring it over straight to Robin's fridge. 
Cody says this is the dream, but there are challenges to getting there. Like the exorbitant amount of debt at Victoria's Secret Robin has, Robin's different aliases, and of course, let's not forget the wet bar. Next, Aurora is jumping up and down. She's super hyper. She's screaming in excitement. She's very excited that her mom is about to have the baby. Robin had all three of her babies at home and Saul will also have a home birth. Robin says her mom did it that way too. Her mom had all seven of her kids at home and Robin wants to give birth on her bed. She had a water birth with Aurora. She says the water birth was a wonderful experience, but you don't feel as grounded. And she says, you never know what will feel comfortable. And it has to do with the position of the baby. Cody and Robin are taking Robin's dad's pickup truck to head to an appointment. Robin's dad is Paul, and he has been to all of Robin's births. He has always played a big role in her births. He has been a strength to Robin and a coach to her during all of her births and all of her labors. He is right there. Robin won't need her dad this time to be such a strength because she has Cody, and she is so glad her dad will still be there too. Robin will be two weeks overdue with Solomon and she has never been this overdue. She feels that it's weird and she doesn't know what to think about it. She says it's time, so now they're gonna go check on the baby. Cody is talking to Robin's belly as she has the electrodes strapped on. Janelle says her babies were always overdue. She never had her babies on time And when a doctor would give her a due date, she always knew to add two weeks because being overdue was so usual for her. Christine was always at least a couple of days overdue with her kids as well. With Truly, she was a week overdue and that was her longest. Leo came two days early. Saul is doing fine. Robin feels very crampy because she's going to be having the baby at home. She's not going to be having an epidural. And it's going to be a natural, drug-free birth. She says at the hospital, they give the mother Pitocin. They might give her an epidural. And then with all those drugs, you miss the magic of the birth that God designed. Robin says her body is built to deliver this baby and to carry this baby. And if all goes well, she should be able to have her baby at home with no issues. And that's the plan. And that's what God designed a woman's body for. Yes, the whole point, the sole point of being a woman is to have babies and to be a mother. If you choose not to birth babies, if you choose not to be a mother, you aren't using your body for God's plan. Shame, shame. You aren't reaching your full worth and potential as a woman and you're not doing what God wants for you. That's what Robin is saying with these words, in my opinion. Women are worth so much more than just being a mom or just birthing a child. A woman's purpose is not just to have kids. There is much more than that to a woman. And if a woman chooses not to have kids and a woman chooses not to make motherhood her life, it doesn't mean she isn't following God's plan. It doesn't mean she is not reaching her full potential. A woman is capable of much more than just bearing children and being a mom. And women were not put on earth solely to breed kids or be mothers. Robin wants to have the baby tonight with Cody, and so does Paul, Robin's dad. 
It's now 10.15 at night on October 25th. Robin is moaning. She's having contractions as quietly as possible. This is the most silent birth I have ever seen. Cody is thrilled. Robin is in labor and they are about to have a baby. The midwife, April, is on the way. The house is clean. The dishes are done. But Cody says it's one of those surprises and they have waited so long for Saul to get here. And the house was perfectly clean the day Saul was supposed to come. And today, it's not perfectly clean. It's just fairly clean. His son is about to be born, his last son. And Cody is mentioning that the house is fairly clean, but there are some dishes in the sink. And it's a surprise that Saul is coming now. And that's why the house isn't perfect. And if he came when he was supposed to, the house would have been perfect perfectly clean. It's so weird to even mention the house or the cleanliness. The house looks clean. It's not like it's a pigsty. So why this is even coming out of Cody's mouth rather than something profound and heartfelt? I don't know. This is weird. Maybe Cody is OCD. Maybe he is controlling about cleanliness. Who knows? But I found it weird that as his baby is coming, he was thinking of a few dishes in the sink and how Saul is coming now and it's a surprise. But if he came when he was supposed to come, the house was perfect. Who cares? I find that so strange. Is Saul's birth less perfect because there are a few dishes in the sink? Why even mention it? Mary told Robin she doesn't care what time of night Saul is born. She wants to be called whenever. She will be there. She doesn't want to wait till everyone else is there. And it doesn't surprise Mary at all that Janelle wants to wait to see the baby in the morning if he is born late at night. Mary doesn't know about Christine, but Mary makes it clear she wants to be there as soon as Saul is born, as soon as they are ready to have people over. She wants to be there. Paul, Robin's dad, explains that Robin's contractions are getting closer and closer, so now they are preparing the bed. April thinks Robin is doing great. You wouldn't even know she was having contractions because when Robin has a contraction, she just closes her eyes. She barely makes any noise at all. Cody is texting his other wives to tell them Saul is on the way and Mary is stopping by with the camera. Cody explains that it's a special time for he and Robin and they want everybody to feel included in it. So when Mary leaves after bringing the camera to drop it off, and briefly say hi to Robin, Cody hogs and kisses Mary, and he makes a big show of it, and he explains that what we are seeing is he and Mary exchanging their love. Cody says the more engaged they are, the more love energy there is, so he expresses it by kissing and hugging Mary as Robin is birthing Saul. Cody remembers with truly being born that he went over to check on Robin and he and Robin were just engaged and he felt so much love he just had to kiss Robin goodbye while his other wife Christine was in labor. Cody says it's just that they're all a family and they all love each other so this is normal that's just how it is. I think Cody made a big show of hugging and kissing Mary on camera during Robin's labor so that people will judge him less harshly for kissing Robin during Truly's birth when Christine was alone at the hospital waiting for him. 
Cody just wants to look like less of a dick, like this is normal behavior for him. So he makes a point of kissing Mary and hugging her enthusiastically, talking about love energy to make it look like he normally kisses his other wives as one wife is laboring to push out his child. It's normal to kiss his other wives as one wife gives birth. I think it probably didn't happen before Truly's birth, and Cody did it during Robin's birth with Mary to try and make it look normal like he is filled with love energy from Robin birthing their kid, so he expresses it with his other wives by kissing them and that this is a normal thing in polygamous families. I think it's disrespectful, it's gross, it's disturbing, and frankly, it seems to me like contrived bullshit. Seems like Cody kissed Robin and he went back for seconds during Truly's birth, knowing his wife was alone in the hospital waiting on him. Her water having just broken made Cody look like a dick and he knows this and he knows he's a dick. And so during Robin's birth, Mary was around dropping that camera off. And so he made a big show of kissing her and hugging her very enthusiastically. So people think that this is normal behavior. It's part of plural marriage. He kisses all of his wives when another wife is in labor, not just Robin during Truly's birth when Christine was in labor. So we see it as less disrespectful. To me, it just looks like manipulative bullshit. And Mary seems very surprised that it was even happening. This isn't about them being a family and loving each other and the love energy from the birth, as Cody puts it. I think this is about Cody wanting to have better optics and Cody taking the opportunity to serve himself as usual to make himself look less bad for when he made out with Robin during Christine's labor with Truly. Brianna wakes up now during the birth, but Robin doesn't want her to hear any noise that she might make. And you can already barely hear whatever noise she is making. It really is a silent birth. Leo is making Saul the blanket and they finish it as Saul is being born. Mary is super excited and she shows off the clothes she bought for Solomon that she has hanging in her closet. They're adorable. I wonder if Mary eventually brought those clothes over to Robin's house or if Solomon actually spent time with Mary in her house and she actually used them. Mary also bought Solomon a very cute stuffed giraffe and she is taking it over tonight the second they let her through the door. Mary wasn't this excited with Truly and Christine and Mary says it's not that she wasn't happy Truly was coming, but Mary says she and Robin have a different relationship. They have a closer relationship. They have a really close bond and she feels a very close bond with the baby already. So Mary can't wait. I know Mary wholeheartedly adores Saul and she adores Ari and all the kids in the family. But I wonder now how she really feels about Robin. Does she feel so close to Robin still? Or does she look back in hindsight and see all the manipulation that we all do? I wonder. Rihanna is super excited and all of Robin's kids are waiting in front of Robin's closed bedroom door in anticipation for their baby brother. Robin wants it to be over, but there is more work to do. And Cody says they have to keep going and he has to keep coaching Robin like a marathon runner who thinks he doesn't want to run another mile, but they have to do a couple more. It's a very silent birth. Cody pulls Solomon out and his first comment is 
He looks like my little boys. And then Solomon starts to cry on Robin's chest. And Cody tells Robin he was impressed by her and she can have his kids anytime as he holds Saul and welcomes him into the family. Interestingly, there's a painting of a lady in a white dress hung by Robin's bed that I noticed. And I wonder if that's supposed to be her in all of her purity. And there's an old school clock on the wall that says, Families are forever. Saul is very calm. Cody wipes away tears as he says Saul reminds him of all of his other kids. Cody tells Robin, here is our dream come true. It's a very sweet moment. Mary is thrilled, of course, because she just got a text from Cody that Saul is here and now she is waiting to get the call that she can go over to finally meet Solomon. Cody calls and tells Mary she can come over to see Solomon and Mary is jumping up and down. I have never seen Mary so happy. Cody calls everybody else. Leo made a really awesome blanket. I was surprised. I was very impressed by it. This blanket looks professional. Cody announces that they aren't cutting Saul's umbilical cord yet until the placenta is delivered and the placenta will keep giving Solomon nutrients through the umbilical cord until it is delivered. And Robin says, cord blood is awesome. I know you can take the placenta and dry it and make it into supplements. I'm not saying I personally would do that, but I know it's a thing. Robin's girls come in to see the baby. Paul wakes up Dayton to meet his baby brother. Dayton doesn't seem too excited about it. Dayton says he thought the baby would look a little different. He had a different image of him. Cody cuts the umbilical cord once the placenta delivers. Leo and Mary see Saul. Leo starts crying when they see Saul. Mary is so happy. It really is a beautiful moment. Christine gets her kids up to meet Solomon. Saul weighs 9 pounds and 10 and a half ounces, and he has a 15-inch head, and he's 22 inches long. Janelle heads over in the middle of the night, even though she says she wouldn't. Her first comment is, he's a fatty, and Janelle says, that's how all brown babies are. Hunter weighed 10 pounds, 5 ounces. He's the biggest brown baby of the bunch. Solomon is absolutely adorable. Even I shed a tear. It really was magical and special to see his birth. Mary says Saul is such a brown. It's incredible. He looks like all of their other babies. Janelle says the same thing, that Saul looks like all of their other babies. Robin says when Hunter came in after Saul was born, he was hesitant with Robin and that hurt Robin. It hurt her feelings. Robin says with Hunter's position of him not feeling like she is his mom or that she is his dad's wife, wherever he is at with it, you can't deny it when you have a baby in your arms. That's your dad's wife's baby. Even if Hunter holds the adorable baby and he feels warm towards his sibling, it still doesn't mean he sees Robin as his mom or as a wife to his father. And it's kind of manipulative for Robin to use Saul as a way to manipulate Hunter into accepting her or loving her. Hunter has a right to feel however he feels about Robin. And just because she married Cody, it doesn't equate to her being a mom to Hunter. She did not raise Hunter. He did not grow up with her. And he may respect her as his dad's wife, and he may love Solomon as his sibling. That doesn't mean he feels a connection to Robin 
or that Robin is entitled to a mother-son-like relationship with Hunter. Decades of experiences aren't there, the connection and the bond aren't there, the memories aren't there, and Robin can't expect it or feel entitled to it just because she had a baby with Cody or just because she married Cody that she gets to have a mother-son relationship with Hunter or with Cody's older kids. It felt very manipulative that Robin felt that if Hunter holds the baby, then he can't deny her. Robin says maybe Hunter is trying to figure it out and it's okay. If it's okay and she respects Hunter taking the time to figure it out, a kid who has had his whole world turned upside down, who is on a reality show, who moved to a place he hates, who is dealing with anxiety and trauma and stress and maybe depression even, whose whole family dynamics have just changed, if it's okay and she really gets that Hunter has to work this out for himself, she wouldn't complain about it in front of cameras and try to rat him out complaining that she isn't getting the response from him she feels entitled to. This is a lot for a 14-year-old to deal with. It's a lot for anyone to deal with. And now she wants to add to Hunter's pile by complaining of her hurt when it's not the time or the place for it at all. Robin forces Hunter to hold Solomon. She asks on camera, Hunter, do you want to hold him? And Hunter is standing in the back of the room. Hunter looks like he isn't quite ready yet, but he knows, obviously, he has to say yes on camera. He holds Saul, and to me, the whole thing feels like Robin is trying to manipulate Hunter with her newborn baby. Robin says her goal is to have the families be one family. So when Hunter comes and picks up Solomon, Robin is hoping that Hunter and all of the kids accept Saul as their baby brother. And she is hoping that Hunter's heart will be open to that. And if it doesn't come naturally, she will manipulate it to be the way she feels entitled for it to be. Just like when she asked Janelle to be closer to her and Janelle had to think about it. And she tried to get Cody to repeat her negative interactions with Christine to Janelle to try and turn her away from Christine and manipulate the situation to facilitate what she wanted. When Christine left Cody... Cody tried to manipulate Janelle into not liking Christine so that she could have that closeness with Janelle that she wanted. And when Janelle said, fuck no, Robin tried to manipulate. She tried to force it by having Cody speak ill of the woman who raised her kids as her own. So Robin will hope. And when hoping doesn't work, she will try to manipulate and force her way into what she feels entitled to. Robin says they have a lot to be grateful for. Everyone says goodnight and Robin needs to talk to Mary alone. Everybody out, even Cody and Paul. Robin tells Mary she wants to get her while she is good and emotional. Of course, so this manipulative gesture of goodwill will have the most effect in getting Robin what she wants from Mary, which of course is her legal status as a wife. Robin wants to know if Mary wants her to be her surrogate, taking pieces of Mary and pieces of Cody, and she will carry the baby. Robin knows that Mary will have to take time to think about it, and she knows Mary is considering trying again herself, but she is offering to be a surrogate wholeheartedly. Robin knows it's going to take time to figure out, but she is offering it, and Mary says, wow, Thanks. She seems shocked by this offer. And Robin tells Mary she means it. She really means it. And she has been praying about it for two years 
since they met, she means it. Now, I do believe Robin means it. And if Mary and Cody wanted to go ahead with the surrogate thing, I believe Robin would do it. But I also think she knew she wanted to be legal wife. And giving Mary a child, carrying Cody's child with Mary, would be a huge gesture commensurate with Mary giving up her legal wife status to Robin. I believe Robin offered this. I believe she did want to do this. If Mary wanted to do it, she would have done it. I think she assumed Mary would most likely say no because I'm sure Robin knew Cody didn't want more kids with Mary. And as we recall, when Mary changes her tune and she wants to try for a baby, Cody is the one who pumps the brakes and he rejects Mary wanting to have more kids. So would Robin have done it had Mary and Cody agreed? A hundred percent, I believe she would have done it. But I believe Robin probably also hoped that this gesture would lead to getting Mary to give up her legal status as well. I think from day one, Robin knew she wanted the legal status, partly for the adoption of her kids and partly as a smart financial move for her, for her financial security. Because if shit were to hit the fan, as legal wife, Robin would be protected. It's a smart business move. And of course, Flagstaff happens to be a community property state. And Robin is not only the last wife standing, but she is in fact the legal wife. That does it for this episode. I can't believe we have already made it to season four. To my YouTube viewers, don't forget to like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts in the comment section if you like. To my podcast listeners, don't forget to follow this podcast and rate it with all the stars. I'll be back next week with the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 4, Episode 1, Sister Wives Separated. Pretty soon, we are going to be talking about wet bars, people. It's riveting. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.